It's been nearly a year that we've been away. Uh, seems strange to come back, but now as we are hopefully coming towards the end of our COVID-19 self-imposed lockdown, felt like a good time to dust off the microphone and uh, bring back hanky time. So the podcast is going to be hopefully rolling out once a week from here on. I appreciate your patience and we're going to try and make it a good one. Today's episode is actually going to be uh, a an adaptation of a very famous Mark Twain short story. Uh, the original story was called The Man Who Corrupted Hadleyburg. I have adapted it a little bit, and the working title for this piece is The Man Who Corrupted Watchtown. And today we're going to run through the first part. So no, this is not hard-hitting watch news or commentary, but I hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned. Corrupted Watchtown. It was, in all honesty, only a few weeks ago when the stranger first walked down Main Street and through the gold burnished doors of hashtag it must be true. At first blush, to look at him, resplendent in his Savile Row suit and bespoke custom shoes, he looked no different than most of the other high-flying members of Watchtown society. Perhaps a brand owner, or maybe a newly recruited CEO. Watchtown was home to the most talented, most creative, and most skilled orological artisans in the world. This was known far and wide, because as fortune would have it, Watchtown was also populated by the most tenacious, well-informed, and forthright journalists who, if their advertising revenues were anything to go by, were renowned by one and all for their fair and honest coverage. Of the denizens of Watchtown, at least. Watchtown's reputation was beyond repute, and had remained so for some two generations, and the populace took great pride in their regular, and, to be honest, pretty much guaranteed selection in the annual award-giving event that recognized the best and the brightest of watch world, the Whoopies. Of the singular distinction, they were the proudest of all. And while some of the not-so-well-to-do inhabitants of Watchtown had yet to experience the joy and unbridled fame and renown that came with being awarded the trophy, they felt confident that this was merely a formality, and it was only a matter of time until they too were recognized for they had followed the code of behavior set forth by the founders of Watchtown, not unlike that of an organized religion. They were, indeed, true believers and defenders of the faith. Now, it is also important to note there were neighboring communities to Watchtown, and while the denizens of these burgs did try their hands at making watches, none could truly be called timepieces. These were, to be fair, clearly lesser communities populated by clearly lesser people. At least, that's what the denizens of Watchtown believed in unwavering fervor. It had happened only twice in the preceding 20 years that an outsider had usurped the coveted whoopee, and the press corps of Watchtown made sure that their displeasure and disagreement was known far and wide. And so it was. The stranger made his way into the offices of the public relations firm Hashtag It Must Be True one Friday afternoon in late spring and presented himself at the reception desk. A well-dressed young woman was stationed at the desk, scrolling through her Instagram feed, glancing over at the stranger, inadvertently, who had stationed himself at the reception desk. When she felt that she had ignored him for a sufficient amount of time, she sighed heavily, pushed her glasses up, and scowled at him. Can I help you? The tone was more of a statement than a question. The stranger focused his gaze directly at her eyes as he placed a package on the reception counter. The receptionist looked at it with all the enthusiasm of a new father examining the loaded diaper of his firstborn baby while he's on daddy-baby duty. What's this? 
again, more of a statement than a question, as she stared down at the package, which was square and wrapped in a brightly colored scarf. Not Hermes or Chanel, she mentally noted. It was at least elegantly knotted at the top. I do apologize. Where are my manners? He slipped his hand into his suit jacket and produced a card. The stamp gold leaf informed that he was, in fact, the newly appointed Grand Commissioner of the Whoop-de-Doo Award. Curious, his title and an email address were the only two items on the card. He went on to explain that the Whoop-de-Doo was the culmination of several years of work to create an award that would recognize the absolute, bar none, creme de la creme, best of the best. The winning watchmaker who won the Whoop-de-Doo would be insured eternal fame and fortune, and no doubt an investor for some mineral-rich republic would be ready to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in the winning brand. Most importantly, the Whoop-de-Doo was different than any other award out there, because no watchmaker could nominate themselves. All nominations would have to come from the press, ensuring that this would be the most honest, sincere, and unbiased award possible. So, Mr. Grand Commissioner, what's in the box? This stranger smiled at her and placed his well-manicured hand on the silken ribbon knot that secured the package. This, dear madam, is a singularly superlative chronometric creation that somehow found its way to our office. But alas, without a name or a contact. The dial has no name. It does have a symbol or trademark, but alas, it's one we could not recognize. Our assumption is that it's a new brand, or perhaps a special creation from an established brand, but what my colleagues and I agreed upon unanimously? We agreed that this magnificent timepiece could only have been created in the rarefied atmosphere of Watchtown. The receptionist excused herself and returned with the commercial director of Hashtag It Must Be True himself, Mr. I. D. Grasp. And what does that have to do with us here at Hashtag It Must Be True? asked Mr. Grasp. The stranger smiled one more time. Well, after reviewing all of the previous entries for the Whoop-de-Doo, my colleagues and I agreed that whoever created this watch is the winner this year. Hands down, no question about it. But we have no way of identifying who the creator of the watch is. So I guess no winner this year then. The stranger shook his head. We also feel quite certain that the creator of this watch will know who they are and come forward. The problem is... Yes? Oh, it's these damn silly rules. You see, ironically enough, we know which watch is the winner, and identifying the creator of the winning watch shouldn't be so difficult, but, well, I guess you could say we sort of paint ourselves into a corner with our rules. Yes, you said, the rules. Yes, the rules. They're fairly, shall we say, loose, but there is one that is rather inflexible. The winner must be nominated by the press. I know it's really just a formality at this point because we already know which watch is the winning watch, but rules are rules. The commercial director felt a strange, rather pleasant tingling growing in his stomach, and he did his best to suppress the smile that was creeping across his face. Could it be that in his first year in charge of hashtag it must be true, that he, I, do grasp, would snare the retainer to become the primary PR firm for the whoop-de-doos? He made a mental note to try on his tuxedo when he got home to make sure it still fit. Well, Mr. I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. The stranger smiled once more. I didn't pitch it. You see, at the whoop-de-doos, we insist on the utmost discretion and secrecy. Does the Michelin reviewer identify herself when visiting a Parisian restaurant? Of course not. Our sole guiding principle is to be fair and unbiased. Therefore, we must also remain anonymous. Mr. Grass could retain himself no longer. May I propose a solution? 
The stranger nodded enthusiastically. May I suggest that you retain hashtag it must be true as the official PR agency of the Whoopty Doo Award? We could then send out a release to the press and to every brand and watchmaker in Watchtown. The release would announce the pending award of the Whoopty Doo and also share the need for the winning brand to be nominated by the press. We would also mention that the winning watch had already been selected as it had been delivered to the whoop doo offices, but as it had not included a name or the nominating watch journalist, it cannot be awarded until a journalist puts forward the nomination. The stranger frowned. Well, we have not yet retained a PR firm as we fear it might be seen to influence the press. I do grasp let the smile he'd been stifling spread fully across his face. The fish was nearly in the boat. Oh, dear sir, fear not. Once again, I have a solution. May I propose that in addition to becoming the official press agent of the Whoop-de-Doo Award, that hashtag it must be true become the, an official sponsoring partner? There would, of course, be no question of a fee. We would be acting for the betterment of the watchmaking community. By partnering with us as an official commercial partner, there could absolutely be any, not any question of impropriety. The stranger beamed with delighted surprise. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm, I'm honored that such a famous and reputable and honorable firm like it must be true would be willing to partner with us. Mr. Grass waved away and instantly corrected him. That's hashtag it must be true. But you're, you know, don't worry about it. We, we all have to help each other, don't we? We're in this small, wonderful world of watches and by golly, we all work together. And may I suggest that we hold the presentation of the whoop doo Award here in Watchtown in two weeks' time? Hashtag it must be true we'll arrange for a grand banquet, a large orchestra, and a gala to make this year's whoop doo something that Watchtown will never forget. And so it was agreed that hashtag it must be true would handle all of the promotion and logistics and make sure that the whole of Watchtown were in tenants in two weeks' time. The stranger would return on the second Friday of the month for the gala and award presentation. As I do grasp, saw the stranger to the door, he could not help from letting his mind race with glee. Not only would the future retainer as the official firm representing the world-famous Whoop-de-Doo Award be his, but hashtag it must be true could count on every single brand nominated to turn to them for future representation. Yes, hashtag it must be true would be handling this first award season pro bono, but compared to the flood of business they would pull in, oh, it was a small investment to make. Christmas had come early for grasp and hashtag it must be true. So thanks for joining us. That was part one of The Man Who Corrupted Watchtown. Once again, I really encourage you, if you have the time, treat yourself and check out The Man Who Corrupted Hadleyburg. It is a wonderful, uh, wickedly satirical short story by Mark Twain. I believe it is even accessible um, at no charge. There are a few historic societies and literary uh, repositories that have archived it where I think you can actually read it for free online, but it's a wonderful, wonderful piece. So again, just to be very clear, this is a heavily, heavily influenced satirical piece on the watch business and definitely inspired and modeled after um, Mark Twain's The Man Who Corrupted Hadleyburg. Thank you so much for joining us. Part two is going to be in about a week or two. We'll have some other pods dropping prior to that. Uh, until then, stay safe, stay healthy, be well, and Tempest Fujit.